There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So Vic, do you think you might have ADHD? Well, listeners keep emailing me telling me that they think I do, so probably. Mind you, listeners also email us saying we talk too much about your mum's feet. So what do they know? Yeah, fair enough. I honestly had no idea about the connection between overdrinking and ADHD until we started this podcast. About 40% of people that have had any sort of drinking issues also apparently have ADHD. Whenever we chat to ex-drinkers, this comes up more than you'd believe. If you have ADHD or suspect you might or just want to learn about this link, then we would encourage you to check out the I Have ADHD podcast. It's the place where adults with ADHD find research-based information, validation and tons of support. This is the best way to feel less alone and hear some of the answers to the questions you've been sitting with for too long. You'll hear detailed descriptions of what it means to have ADHD and enjoy interviews with the foremost experts in the industry so that you don't have to read those ADHD books that are collecting dust on your shelf. Yeah. Listen to the I Have ADHD podcast and learn how ADHD affects every aspect of your life. From the boardroom to the bedroom. In the podcast, you'll also hear about their ADHD coaching programme, which is called Focused. Focused is made up of three pillars, courses, coaching and community. It is designed to help you build your own self-improvement programme and is perfect for the ADHD brain. And you can get $50 off the course just by using the code SOBER, S-O-B-E-R. So if you're tired of feeling stuck and don't know where to start, listen to the I Have ADHD podcast. Why can't we sleep after drinking, William? This is one of the biggest things for me. And when when I kind of got this sorted out in my head, I think this was one of the biggest nails in the coffin of my drinking ever. Mm. Because if we go back to the physiological side of things, so you're taking this sedative um, and sedating yourself, but when it wears off, you're left really hypersensitive. Um, and that hypersensitive feeling is almost like having too much caffeine. You know, when you drink too much coffee and you mm. start to feel deeply unpleasant, you know, your yep. brain's kind of racing ahead and you feel all twitched up and you can't relax and it's just not a nice feeling. So what happens is usually about five hours after your last drink, that's when the scales tip um, and that oversensitivity really kicks in. So what people find is um, five hours after their last drink, that's when they wake up. So for most people, that's that three or four in the morning wake up. Someone said to me once, oh, I, I you know, don't know what you're talking about. I never get that. And when I spoke to him a bit further, what he was actually drink, doing was drinking till about one in the morning. Um, and then he'd set the alarm for six. So so the, <laughs> the wake up mm. kind of coincided with him getting up anyway. But this mm. is why you wake up in the middle of the night and you don't wake up feeling relaxed and calm and, you know, lie in bed and slowly drift off back to sleep. You lie there feeling, you know, anxious. You're your heart's hammering, you're worrying about anything and everything, and you may be absolutely exhausted, but you can't sleep. Um, and it's to do with that chemical imbalance. <clears throat> now, um, what people don't understand is, or maybe don't appreciate enough, is that sleep isn't about 
lying down and going unconscious for eight hours and then getting up and being good to go. We go through, we humans go through very specific sleep cycles um, and there's different types of sleep that we go through. And I don't think we need to go into massive amounts of detail, but one of the main differentiating factors between the sleep cycles is how deeply unconscious we are. So at one end of the scale, we've got something called deep sleep, which, as the name suggests, you're really deeply unconscious. But on the other end of the scale, there's something called REM sleep. Now, REM sleep is when we dream um, and when they've when they've attached sensors to people um, to monitor them in REM sleep, their brains light up almost as if they were fully awake. So it's this really strange area of sleep. We don't know much about it. We know we dream through it. Um, when they've done tests with rats, when they've starved them of REM sleep, it's actually killed them. So it's it's a crucial part of our sleep cycle. Now, when you drink alcohol, because it's a sedative, your brain can't get you into REM sleep. Most people, normal without introducing a drug, in normal sleep, you'll get six or seven cycles of REM sleep. When you drink, you typically only get two because your brain can't get you up into that higher level of consciousness that you're needed to go into REM sleep. And then, of course, when the five hours is up, you can't sleep at all. If you do sleep, it's that weird kind of just drifting in and out of sleep and not proper sleep. Um, I quite often liken it to, you know, imagine if you're prime position is that you get eight hours sleep a night and I don't know say you go to bed at 11 and wake up at seven and that's your eight hours sleep drinking is like setting an alarm for four in the morning every night and getting up mm. and drinking seven or eight massive mugs of strong black coffee that's oh, what yeah. it's doing to your sleep cycle <laughs> Um, so it, it's horrendous. And, and to be honest, that was one of the things I hated most about drinking was that waking up in the middle of the night, exhausted, but unable to go back to sleep. And I found one of the things I did when I first stopped, I had that image really close to hand so that whenever I was in a situation where someone would offer me a drink or, you know, I was on holiday and I'd look at the bar and think, oh, you know, a cold beer would be nice. The first thing that would jump into my mind is the thought of waking up at three, four in the morning and that, you know, that horrible feeling of anxiety and tiredness mixed together. Mm. Um, yeah, it is, it's, it's absolutely horrendous. And what I think people don't appreciate is, yes, if you're drinking two or three bottles of wine, it's quite extreme, but even one drink will impact your sleeping pattern. So these so-called no, normal drinkers that we were talking about, mm. the people who can supposedly take it or leave it and they just have one or two, they're still not escaping the ill effects because this is the other thing. People think if you drink little enough, you get all the good and none of the bad. But of course, that's mm. not the case at all. Yeah, no, so that... a build-up of sleep deprivation eventually is going to cause you to probably reach for a drink more. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It causes all kinds of issues. Um, and, and I caveat this heavily now because this isn't true for everyone, but I know a number of people who have been on medication for depression and general mental health things. Um, and when they've quit drinking, they've been able to just come off it. You know, the anxiety disappears. A lot of anxiety is caused by the drinking. You know, as I've touched on, when the alcohol wears off, it leaves you feeling anxious. But I think the impact on your mental health on constantly ruining your sleep can't be underestimated. 
Mm. No, definitely it, not. It's a really big thing for me as well, sleep. And in fact, I think our next podcast, we're going to do it on triggers. So the things that really, because, you know, it's traumatic trying to give up alcohol for so many years and for drinking mm. for so long that when you do do give up, you're still triggered um, by things. And one thing for me is if I feel really tired, if I haven't had a good night's sleep for any reason, even now when I'm sober, if I feel tired, I immediately feel like anxious because it reminds me of drink my drinking days it's Mm. linked so closely to my drinking days because sleep like you William my sleep and the way it was wrecked was causing havoc on my life Um, and like you say as well I I am one of those people who was on um, quite strong medication for um, depression while I was drinking a year on and um, I, I literally have nothing at all now. It was the alcohol and the way that it was causing um, my life to go into a massive downward spiral and my lack of sleep mm. that was causing the problem. Yeah. Mm. And it's the same for me. Like I get triggered if I'm tired now. It reminds me of being hungover. Yeah. And as soon as I think about being hungover, feel- I think about anxiety yeah. and I think I'm having a panic attack. So actually all I am now is tired because I've got three young kids and like mm. the days are long and I get hardly any sleep. But when I wake up in the morning, it takes me straight back to that me feeling. Too. It takes me, it's like somebody's tapping me in the shoulder from the past and going, you're coming back here with me because yeah. I just suddenly feel huge anxiety when I'm tired and I hate it. And we call it a sober hangover Lucy and I sometimes like it's we have hangovers from being big drinkers that just we can't seem to shake I'm sure you're a bit further along the line than us Lucy's nearly a year sober next week and I'm nearly four years sober in March Um, and I do think that uh, things will change for us at at different stages but for me there are still things repercussions that are hanging over from those days and for Lucy as well do you find you still have a few uh, things that are laying over from from your drinking days like that? Yeah, so so funny enough, and, and you kind of think like giving up drinking, and you know when you start doing it, you think it's this horrible penance that you have to go through, and then you start to realise all the benefits to it. And I think then then I got to the stage of thinking, getting into the mindset. Well, you know what, I, I genuinely don't want this substance anymore. I'm so much mm-hmm. better off without it. But it's almost like I kind of think of it as the gift that keeps giving because even yeah. the other day it was. I can't remember what it was. So so my two boys had just gone back to school on Thursday. So they're back at school after the summer holidays, Thursday, Friday, and they went straight into a school trip overnight. So this is the first time in a decade that my wife and I have got a night to ourselves. So we, we booked and went to this spa. Um, and it was quite nice weather. So people were sat outside by the pool. Um, and I was kind of watching people drinking because a lot of people, it's almost like being on holiday. So they go there and they're drinking. I'm sort of looking at them and you start to th- see things in a different way. And I think even now I'm still seeing things slightly differently and I'm still going through changes because I was kind of watching them and thinking, I, I just wouldn't want to be doing what you're doing because hmm. you can kind of see them getting up and sitting down and they just look exhausted. You know, <laughs> that kind of, yeah. you can tell when someone's been drinking the night before. And they they obviously sat there waiting for the bar to open and the bar opens and they start the drinks going. But Mm -hmm. we have this image of people like chatting and laughing and it all being good fun. But of course it isn't because you're sort of watching them and they just look exhausted for the whole day, sort of 
putting these drinks away and also they're but, so preoccupied with it that in those moments like they're preoccupied with the next drink me and Lucy mm. talk about that a lot our total preoccupation mm. with alcohol when we were drinking so you were sat there with your wife probably just enjoying the sunset and looking at the trees and you know me and Lucy have been really connect with nature a lot more yeah. now don't we like yeah. we notice things like yeah. <laughs> natural things more than we ever did because we were always concentrating on the bar um so I do think you definitely learn to enjoy the simple things things rather than having that preoccupation when what time's the bar open when when we're going to get our next drink you know I don't miss that like that when you're in those moments and you see those people like going on a, about their drinking like that it does I do feel a sense of relief of of not being involved in that anymore you definitely see it for what it is Hi there, I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think every single one of you will benefit from. It's called Therapy Works and it's hosted by me, Julia Samuel. I'm a best-selling author and psychotherapist. I invite you into my therapy room where I speak to either a known or unknown guest. Topics range from the difficulties of divorce, a life-changing illness, to the struggles of motherhood. Search Therapy Works now wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. As you probably know, my comedy memoir, A Thousand Wasted Sundays, is officially out. All my magnificent fuck-uppery in one awkward hit. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy, it's now available from all good bookstores. We always say all good bookstores, don't we? Yeah. Are, there, are there bad bookstores? It's probably ones with moody, moody sellers. Oh, yeah, really yeah. depressed librarian folks. Yes, yes, okay, yes, good, yes. Good. So there are probably some, but we're only storing it in the good ones. It's only made it into the goodies. Yeah. You can also get it from all good online retailers. The print version and ebook are out now, and the audio book will be available in March. I've been writing my memoir for five years. It will make you laugh, cry, and cringe, and hopefully inspire a few people to reconsider their relationship with booze. If you love the podcast, then I think you'll love the book, even if I do say so myself. Hamish has read it. What did you think? I feel like I know a little bit too much about you now, to be honest, Vic. Look, I really loved it. It was hilarious and surprisingly moving, but I feel like I've seen you naked in a literary sense. Does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, that's worrying. Yeah. Yeah. From an emotional point of view, seriously, it wobbled my teeny weeny wooden heart, Vic. Okay. (laughs) My teeny little wooden heart. His his wooden heart is broken. Anyway, so if you do manage to get your filthy mitts on a copy, please do me a favour and head to goodreads.com and give me a review. Doing that will help me get it out there to those that need a bit of sober support. So there you have it. My story, unwanted warts and all. Come and get awkward with me. 
Not to be too demanding or anything, but seriously, go and buy it Yeah, now. go and buy it. Go and buy it right now. Yeah, don't just tell your friends. Buy it and then buy your friends one or two. Yeah, yeah, don't give them a copy. Yeah. Buy it, yeah. And you know what? Don't be careful where you store it. If you lose it, you can always buy another yeah, five. Yeah, buy another one. Yeah. <laughs>